This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, uh, today we're bringing to you another exciting guest, and we're going to be talking about a topic that you may or may not have heard about. And so, you know, I always like to introduce you to things and kind of bring into your awareness some things that might be helpful for you in your life. And today's session is exactly about that when I'm talking with Bill Klaproth. And so uh, whatever you do, the fact that you're listening to this podcast means there's something in here for you today. And in fact, it's another way of being healthier and living a much better life that you may not even be aware about. So with that, let's go ahead and roll that episode. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. Hello, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's uh, I was kind of laughing to myself, right? I have all these private jokes because I talk to myself in my head all the time. But it's like, yeah, two old guys with beards today on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we both got a little gray going on there. So, well, welcome. I'm I'm excited to have you here because, you know, I know you you have a very interesting story that I wanted to help share with people. And you're actually doing something that, you know, I've I've been aware of for a long time, but a lot of people aren't aware that it's that it's even a thing, okay? And that's hypnotherapy, right? So yeah. So I wanted to. I know you you've got a really interesting story. So what what I wanted to do was kind of you know back up a little bit and kind of talk about your life and how you came to become a hypnotherapist, right? Because yeah, I just kind of wanted to maybe start off there just to kind of see okay. how you got to where you're at. And then and then we can kind of jump in and talk about, so what is this? How does it actually work? You know, what what kind of stuff does it actually help with? Because, 
you know, I know it's helped you, you and your life. And we were talking before about your brother. And so mm-hmm. let's just kind of, let's just kind of jump in there. So, so kind of what, All what's right. your story and, and, and what brought you, what brought you to where you are now? All right. Well, Jason, I, I, I grew up in Texas and growing up in Texas, you know, obviously we, I went out and we hunted, we fished, yep. you know, did all those kinds of things. Uh, I grew up, I, I, I got a job and, and I had jobs that had me traveling all over the place. I, I even got to travel to other countries with my job. It, it was, it was a really good job. I was doing telecommunications on remote locations. Yep. So I'd get sent out to these places and we'd be out in the middle of nowhere miles to the to to a town or to a phone or anything we'd put in communications on these locations and i loved the job and i got into an accident at work and i heard those words that nobody wants to hear you have to change careers and you're like no i'm in a career that i love i love yes man what better job can i have i get to travel all over the place i make good buddy it's it's great and they told me that it was it was pretty devastating obviously and and i was i was pretty bummed i had to go get surgery i was in rehabilitation and and not long after i i was in rehabilitation i'm thinking what am i going to do for a living and about that time my brother got cancer and the doctor gave him like four months to live and you know who wants to hear they only have four months to left to live and it and it was pretty devastating to my brother and he was he was depressed so the doctor tells him why don't you go see a hypnotherapist and so my brother went and I watched the changes in my brother, how it affected him, how he went from being, you know, like had no hope or anything in his life to all of a sudden he's like, hey, maybe I can I can beat this. <clears throat> and, he, and he went through with all of his treatments and everything. And he went and searched out on a school so he could learn to be a, hypn- a hypnotherapist. And the whole time I'm going through my 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 rehabilitation, I'm watching all this and I'm seeing how it's affecting him. And I thought, you know what? It's, it's made a big difference in my brother's life. Maybe I, maybe I should look at that. So I went in, I went in and, I, and, and started classes on learning how to be a hypnotherapist. So <clears throat> went through the classes and hypnotherapy it allows you to look at yourself and you can see things and you start to think, Hey, wait a minute. Now I understand why my marriage failed. Now I understand why I had these issues. One of the things that we learned is it's called theory of mind. And it's, and it's a pretty simple thing. And you're born with the, empty blank mind except for one little portion where you have the primitive mind which is fight flight or freeze and you're born with with two things you're afraid of loud noises and you're afraid of falling but you have this beautiful empty mind and you start putting stuff into your mind and as an example let's say 
as a kid growing up, your your mom rewards you with chocolate cake every time you have a good grade. And your mom rewards you with chocolate cake every time you fall down, you skin your knee and you cry to make you feel better. We're, we're all familiar with this. And as and as we grow, this becomes a known in our mind, and our mind seals it in there. This is one of those things that kind of builds up that slowly over time, it becomes a known in our mind. So as an adult, you're like, oh, dang, I need to lose weight. And you're, and you're working hard, you're struggling at, at losing this weight, and you go out to eat, and they wheel that cart by with all the desserts on there. And you see that big chocolate cake, you're like going, oh, man, I had a bad day at work today. And your subconscious mind, which controls 90 to 95% of your, of your brain, kicks in and says, we don't care what you're, what, you're, what you're wanting. This is what we're going to do. So you end up eating that cake. You go home, you're all flustered because, oh, I've been trying to, I, I, I'm a failure because I ate that cake. No, you're not a failure. It's hard to overcome that 95% of your brain that says, nope, this is what you're going to do because this is what we learned and this is a known to us. Good or bad for us, our mind wants to stay to what it knows. Yeah, well, and it's, and it's interesting, you know, like that with the chocolate cake, because like you said, it's it's we come to this world and then we get programmed. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all those little things like you like you shared there about, you know, hey, if you get a good grade, mom gives you chocolate cake. If you skin your knee, mom gives you chocolate cake. Right. Yeah. And so what we learn over many years is chocolate cake makes things better. Yeah. Right? If I if I'm ever not if I if I want to celebrate something, I eat chocolate cake. If I'm not feeling good, I eat chocolate cake. Right. And then what ends up happening to most of us is we get to midlife and we're like, what the fuck? I'm overweight. And yeah. All the chocolate cake we've eaten all of our life. And and it's really no surprise. Right. And, right. and even too, like you said, you know, when when we when we consciously try to do things like lose weight, we still find ourselves eating that chocolate cake, even though consciously we're telling ourselves, no, I got to lose the 10 pounds. Right. Exactly. And I mean, it's it's that way with chocolate cake. It's with that way with lots of different things, you know, in our life. That's just one particular example, right? But but I know, like you 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 mentioned before, of being able to see some things differently, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, now I know why I got a divorce, right? I'm divorced, yeah. you know, remarried. So you know, same kind of thing. I mean. But but there's even to to that point, right? And again, if you if you're comfortable kind of sharing, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of times people, you know, go through different relationships and they can't figure out why they keep they they can't keep a relationship together. And a lot of times it's it's the equivalent of that chocolate cake has been put in, and they're kind of sabotaging themselves themselves in their relationships as well. Yeah, with, with relationships, there's two basic types of traits, if you want to call it that, where one person is 
going to be more worried about security, like having having the income to pay all the bills, making sure the groceries are there, all of that. The other type of person is the one that's going to want to hang out with their buddies, you know, go out, go out to eat, go out to the bar, go do all those fun things. And that person is usually the one that's more, the more, you could call more outgoing. They're the one that's going to always dress nicer, look nicer, worry about their hair, their fingernail, all those things. And so those, each person has, has what they consider the most important thing in life, and they tend to attract each other. And that causes problems because the person that's, the person that's more worried about work, which that would be me, I'm like, hey, I'm working. I'm going out doing this stuff. That is me showing you I love you. The other person's like, no, you're not here for me. You're not, that's not showing me you love me at all, which makes them go crazier because I think I'm doing what I need to do and they think they're doing what they need to do. And it, because I didn't understand how to respond to the other person, that just created more issues and problems, mm-hmm. which, led, which led to a divorce. Yeah, because here the whole time you're thinking, well, I'm being a good provider, right? Yes. I mean, I'm... I'm making good money. I'm bringing home good money. But like you said, I mean, it was a job that you loved, but you were away all the time. And I'm I'm guessing that there's, you know, probably a part of you too that like to be outside, like to be out in oh, the yeah. middle of nowhere kind of doing the stuff. I mean, that was that was something that was that was good for you, that fed you, if you will, as well. But to your wife, it was like, but you're never here. Yes. And in the and kind of the model I'm speaking of, like my personality, the one that wants to be the provider, we kind of like to be alone. And the the outgoing person, they don't like being alone. They like people around. They're the ones that want to hug and kiss and, and be lovey-dovey. And like me, it's like, okay, I'm okay with that every, you know, every few days or whatever, but not all the time. So just understanding those simple little little aspects of, of the basic personalities makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, and so let's go back because I, I wanted to, to you know, to talk just a bit about your, your brother's story yeah. again and then kind of jump in because, you know, cancer is one of those things that I think pretty much everybody in this world has been touched by cancer some way, right? Either... They've gotten it, somebody that they know that they love and their family has gotten it, may have died from it. I mean, my mother died of breast cancer, um, you know, after, you know, going through three rounds of of treatment over five or six years. And so, you know, it's it's something that a lot of people are afraid of as Mm -hmm. well, because, I mean, it's scary, right? I mean, watching somebody die of cancer is not a fun thing to watch. And so, you know, here, here again, you know, your brother was kind of given that, that prognosis of, look, you've only got four months left to live. You know, we're going to go through and try to do these things to see if we can give you a couple of extra months, I'm guessing is what they're saying, because, 
typically when you're given that short of a time, it's, it's pretty significant in what's going right. on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to understand why when, you know, it seems like when, when people get given that prognosis, they kind of go one of two ways. One is they're, they're totally bubbly and optimistic and I'm going to fight this and fuck mm -hmm. you cancer kind of a thing. Right. And then there's the other group, which is, oh my gosh, I'm going to die in four months. You end up going into sadness and sometimes depression mm -hmm. um, and then end up failing away. Right. And so it's, it sounds like your brother was, was kind of going through some of those things, but the doctor said, yes. Hey, why don't you go to hypnotherapy? So, so, so what, what happened? what happened in that story too? Cause we kind of left people hanging a little bit. What happened to your brother? Right. I mean, he, he was given four months to live. He goes and does this thing called hypnotherapy. Well, what, what, what really happened? Well, what happened was hypnotherapy allowed his, allowed him to change his mindset and our minds have a direct correlation with our bodies. And by him changing his mindset, he's still around and kicking he's he's i don't know that you can say he's he's completely free or clear of it he may never be but you know we're five years down the road and he's still running around living his life so just being able to change your mindset like, like you were saying the people that accept what the doctor says they've they've allowed whatever the problem is to win and they've given up and they're not going and and they're going to be the ones that die in the four months that the doctor the doctor gave him and that's where my brother was headed until he started doing the hypnotherapy and his and his whole attitude changed after that you know he started laughing again he started having the jokes again he started being the person he was which allowed him to kind of persevere and, and work his way through it. Yeah, it was just kind of ironic because I know I've, I've, I've talked with somebody who's actually a laughter therapist and just the power of healing that even laughter can, can bring. And so, yeah, helping him kind of get back to who he was of joking and kind of carrying mm -hmm. on probably, you know, helped as well with him. So so for people that, you know, because I'm, I'm familiar with it. I mean, I've, I've done hypnotherapy sessions. I, I use self-hypnosis a lot myself, but for a lot of people, they're kind of like, well, what is that? Or maybe they've only seen it, you know, like at the County fair, right? Or something like that, you know, where a lot of times there'll be the stage hypnosis, uh, you know, shows that make people get up and quack like a chicken and do all that kind of stuff. And so, to, to a lot of people, if that's really been their only uh, introduction to it, they're, they're kind right. of put off by it, right? Well, and, and, and I think I know, as we were talking before, you were kind of put off at it, you know, to begin with, too, a little bit. So, so maybe talk about that and then kind of explain what, what is it actually? What, what, what does it actually do? What does it look like? How does that kind of work? Well, Coming from the from the viewpoint that that I had, okay, I grew up in the South. The South is the Bible Belt. I attended church. I was a Christian, and it was like hypnosis is of the devil. <laughs> I've heard okay. people say that before, right? Where it's like they think it's some some voodoo witchcraft kind of thing, right? 
Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, you can't. You know, that's of the devil. And well, God created our bodies to work in unison with each other. We have an electrical system in our body. If anything in our body gets out of whack, it creates health issues for us. It creates mental issues for us. So once I learned what it really is, which hypnosis, you're not giving up control. You're not. If, if I put you into hypnosis, Jason, I could not have you write your, a check out to me that had everything in your bank account. You'd be like, what? Wait a minute. There's something wrong. No. Unless I wanted to give you all the money and then I would, right? Right. right. It, I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. Hypnosis is we work with you to help things get better for you. It's a work. It's a do with, not a do to process. Mm -hmm. So every, most people don't realize they're in hypnosis at least twice a day. The 30 minutes before you go to bed and the 30 minutes after you wake up, you're basically in hypnosis. Have you ever laid down to go to bed and you watch and you're watching TV and you go to sleep and all of a sudden you're, you're having dreams about what you watched on TV? That's because that gets put into your into your mind as if it's hip, as when you're in hypnosis. So when you're driving down the road and you kind of space out and you miss your your turn off, you think, "Oh, wait a minute, what what just happened? I missed my turn." Well, that's a form of hypnosis. Is is you when you're driving down the road, you get you go into road hip hypnosis. And most people have experienced that also. And when you're in a movie theater and you're watching a movie and you get so into that movie that everyone around you fades out and all you can do is focus on that movie, that's you're in hypnosis there. The entertainment industry knows, knows the formula to get people into hypnosis, to buy into when that character on the screen something sad happens and you start to those tears start coming down you know and you're you know that's not really happening you know that's not a real person but yet you've bought into it by going into hypnosis yeah because that's that's one thing that, that amazed me when i first started learning about it is how much of the time we're in a hypnotic state and we don't mm -hmm. even realize it and so you know, a lot of times people are afraid to go into that state because they, they feel like it's something unnatural mm -hmm. or, or like you said, I'm going to lose control or it's it's of the devil, <laughs> you know, sort of a thing. But it's it's not it's it's more of a kind of relaxed state where your mind slows down and it just allows us to be able to, you know, focus wholly on what's going mm -hmm. on and tap directly into our subconscious because like you said, we've we've had a lot of things like the chocolate cake programmed into yes. us. And the only way to reprogram that is to go in and reprogram it, right? Which is kind yeah. of what what hypnosis is actually actually doing. So so kind of just to explain, maybe, you know, again, if if somebody, you know, came to you or came to mm -hmm. another hypnotherapist. What would they kind of expect? What would a, what would a session kind of look like, you know, so that they would kind of know 
before they go into it, what to kind of expect. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like a lot of times when we, when we understand what's going to happen, we're a lot less scared about it. Right. Yeah. When, when the person comes in and I start, I start the session off with listening to them, them kind of telling me what the problem is, how they want to feel about things and you know, kind of where they're wanting to go. <clears throat> and then after that, uh, we'll, they'll, we'll put them into hypnosis and hypnosis is, is, is the hypnotherapist talking to the person to help them get to that point. Then once they're in hypnosis, they will, they will get more relaxed than they can remember. That's one of the things I hear, hear regularly is wow that was so relaxing can can we can i stay in hypnosis <laughs> you could but you shouldn't operate your car afterwards yeah <laughs> so you go into hypnosis and then the then we do do something called a progressive relaxation and that's just to help you the the person relax let go of tensions and stresses that they're holding on to most people hold on to things they don't even realize they're holding on to, negative emotions, negative feelings, and they hang on to these things. And through hypnosis, you can, you can help them re release those things. Mm -hmm. So hypnosis is, it can be a guided imagery to where if your favorite place is the beach, let's say, the hypnotherapist can use a guided imagery of you going along the beach to help you relax and to release any of those negatives you're holding on to and help you get to the place you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to me, like I said, I've, I've used it a lot and the, and a lot of the benefits of you're talking about there too, there's, there's actually a term called hypno junkies that you probably mm -hmm. heard. I don't, you know, where it's like people get into it and they love it and they're like, man, I want to do this every day. Right. So we're like yeah. doing self audios every day or, or doing other stuff because <clears throat> you know when you get into that very relaxed state most of the time we're on all the time yes. right we're always we're we're stressed up we're wound up you know and and really we don't take time usually to relax and so this is it's an opportunity just like you know going and getting a massage or doing other yeah. things like that where it kind of forces yourself to to relax a little bit as well and you know the the nice thing too is like you said it's it's not you know there's different ways of doing the induction and there's different ways of you know when you're actually in the mm -hmm. hypnosis depending on the school you know that each person has kind of gone to or what works for them or what you're kind of working on but you're pretty much just kind of being told or talked to and kind of taken along a journey yes if you will and ask certain questions so it's not you know, it's nothing that's intrusive. It's not like somebody's giving you a pill. It's not like somebody's, you know, taking a scalpel and cutting you open or, or doing anything like that. And I think, you know, one, one time, one thing too, that I think I've, I've heard from people, some apprehension is, well, what if I want to come out of hypnosis? You know, what, what if something happens in the middle of the session, you know, is it okay for me to come out of it? Do I come out of it? You know, how does how does that kind of thing work? I've had people in the middle of the hypnosis session, the phone rings. They they 
sit up and they go, oh, give, give me a second. And they answer their phone. And then we just continue right on in it. Hypnosis, you can get up and and walk out of it anytime you want to. Most people don't. They like that relaxation. Most people have their lives, like you were saying, are so stressed and so busy. They want to stay there. That's that's a comforting, re relaxing place being in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So even though mo you can get up and, and get out of it anytime, you're not going to get stuck in hypnosis. Nobody ever gets stuck in hypnosis. Uh, <laughs> One of my friends who's a hypnotist said, you know, nobody's ever had to go to the emergency room because they were stuck in hypnosis, right? Excuse me, doctor, but you know, I need you to get me out of hypnosis because I, I can't do it, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. we get ourselves out of hypnosis pretty easily, usually, like you said, I mean, just when you're watching a movie or anything else, you come, you come out of it normally. Yeah. Anyway. It, it, it's not going to be like, like I, I was watching the television show not too long ago and the character in the television show was like, five years down the road from seeing a hypnotherapist and every time the bell rang they would act like a soviet spy <laughs> like a pavlov's dog kind of syndrome it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work that well yeah that doesn't happen no no i mean and there's if 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 you choose to train yourself with certain inductions you can go into hypnosis quicker but yeah it's yes. not it's not like the parlor trick um kind of stuff that you see for inter entertainment purposes no so yeah and and basically what we're doing with hypnosis is we're is we're trying to bypass that critical mind because like we talked about earlier at, but sometime between the ages of eight and ten we build this little wall in our mind that separates our critical mind where we think we reason we do all that stuff and that separates it between the subconscious mind and there's so you have to get in there and open up a little door to be able to get those thoughts and those suggestions that you want in there to help get them into your subconscious mind. And and that's all you're doing with hypnosis is helping those wanted things to bypass your that little wall that's there. Well, and, and, and like we were t talking about before with the chocolate cake right mm -hmm. is that you know there's been several different studies that are done and you kind of referenced this before about 90 to 95 percent of what we do is actually subconscious right Correct. and i think that's that's one of the things that so many people don't realize is we we think hey i can use my conscious willpower to make anything happen but it's like i'm sorry but you can't right i mean you'd yeah. like to think you could but your subconscious is making decisions six, seven, eight seconds before you can even consciously think about it. And yeah. so really the only way to to get to and make some of those changes, because you, you can't will yourself not to eat the chocolate cake. It might work once or twice, but it ain't going to work all the time, right? You're going to find yourself <clears throat> going back to the chocolate cake and not not realizing why you, why you're doing that. And so you do, you have to kind of open that little door and get back in and kind of reprogram that part of the brain that's mm -hmm. harder to access, like you said, once we get past eight to 10, which is just the whole human development thing is pretty amazing that way for me too. But, you know, and, and especially how 
we think that consciously thinking we can think our way through anything but we can't think our way through it right right you know and it's just like you know what your brother experienced what i've experienced you know it's like we can't think ourselves to becoming happy right it's like if i'm sitting here and i'm like i'm in a funk i'm depressed i can't i, I can't get up and move but mm -hmm. i'm going to think my way i'm going to think and will my way until i do it it just doesn't work that way we have to use some other mechanism mm -hmm. music movement self hypnosis something to be able to bypass that because just the conscious thought itself doesn't make the change you're not changing right. the programming when you're trying to change your conscious thought right and and here's something a lot of people can can easily relate to when i was a little kid i was walking down the street and i saw a a uh, saint bernard in this backyard and i thought mm. oh a saint bernard so i rush over there to pet the saint bernard and the saint bernard bites me so now the one that one little event that occurred now every time i see a dog my first thing is whoa the dog might bite me but now let's say you grew up with a house full of pets and you and i are both walking down the street you had pets you loved them they were great we're walking down the street my first reaction because this this was a one-time instant moment I there, there's a dog I'm like oh back up and you want to run over there and start petting and saying oh what a good dog yep. the programming can be instantaneous or it can take a long period of time to create those those messages in our minds and like we said earlier our mind those become knowns and when we have those knowns in our minds that's where our mind wants to go to so when we're trying to say okay we, we need to change how we eat. Our mind's going, wait a minute, we don't know this one. We know eat chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. So that's what it just automatically goes to. But I think it's interesting too that 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 example with the dog, you know, it, it shows how quickly sometimes things can get programmed. Mm -hmm. But I think on the flip side too, it also, you know, proves how quickly things can be reprogrammed as well yeah. right that, that a lot of times you know what maybe took you 30 40 50 years of conditioning to you know be afraid of dogs or eating the chocolate cake mm. sometimes in one session can be reprogrammed now sometimes it takes more right um and i'm and i'm sure it, it probably makes a difference as to what you're working on typically on as yes, well it, how long it, it kind of takes to kind of get through some of the stuff there there was a study done a few years ago and they looked at 600 sessions of normal therapy with and they had about a 37 percent success rate after 600 sessions of traditional therapy and then when they looked at six sessions of hypnotherapy you have a 93 percent success rate so hypnotherapy goes in there and and allows you to to get in there and and get that programming changed fairly rapidly. Uh, we've been working with IBS patients. Mm -hmm. IBS is one of those things the doctors don't really know what's wrong with it. 
with the with the the patient or the client, they're like, we don't know why you're you're having all these problems. We think it might be stress or it might be anxiety, but we go in there and we work with people and we are having about a 95% success rate with people that have severe IBS symptoms, helping them overcome those symptoms and get the brain and the stomach working together again. Yeah, and so just in case people don't know, IBS, right, irritable, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, yes. right, which I don't know, it, it affects a lot of people, right, to where you just don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. food just kind of goes right through you. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it does have a, a big impact on a lot of people's lives. And yes. like you said, just after a few sessions of actually going through what sometimes the doctors can't fix or can't place a their yeah. thumb on as to why it's why it's happening you're having about 95 percent of the people actually yes between one and six sessions 95 percent of the people that that we work with are no longer having major issues with it we don't consider it a, a success if they if we do not reduce their symptoms by at least 50 percent or more Well, and this is one of those things too, because you know I, I know that you you guys have been doing a lot with IBS, which mm-hmm. again, like I said, it's it's that's a big issue for a lot of people. But what are what are some of the other reasons maybe why a lot of times people come to hypnotherapists? What are what are some of the kind of common things that people are are are, are looking for help with? The hypnotherapy is actually very effective at help. Okay. We also deal with people that are wanting to stop smoking. And stop smoking is one of those things that people have problems with for years. And normally one to three sessions and with hypnosis, you can stop smoking. Uh, Losing weight. If you've had trouble with losing weight and you want to lose weight, hypnotherapy, that usually takes longer, you know, typically in the 12 to 14 session range. Um, yeah, because I've, I've I've heard that from a lot of people. Some hypnotherapists don't even do weight loss because it's mm-hmm. it it is a longer longer issue because there's so much else tied to our weight than yes. just one thing. And a lot of times there has to be several things that are kind of reprogrammed before the weight actually comes off. Correct. Uh, stress is another big one. Anxiety. Uh, we've worked with people for. For pain management. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the big ones here. Uh, test, test, having problems with tests. <laughs> People yep. stress over that. Fear of driving is another big one. You know, someone driving down the road and they may be involved in an accident or they may see an accident that occurred and now they're, they're, they have a fear of driving. That's that's one that can be overcome and fear of flying. Uh, I I dealt with a with a gentleman that had a problem had a fear of snakes. He had this fear. His fear was so bad that he couldn't even walk outside. Walk outside. He'd pretty much run from his house to his vehicle and and go to work, and do the same thing at work. He he just couldn't get out anymore. Worked with him one session with hypnotherapy 
and he was going outside. He was going on hikes. Now he did, he did come back to see me after about six months because he was taking a trip to the South. <laughs> there's and, a lot more snakes down there. <laughs> there's a lot of snakes down there. So he was, he was a little worried about that, but uh, it, it did make a big difference for him. Yeah, well, and I wanted to talk a little bit too, you know, about the, uh, you know, because I know you you're living in Wyoming now, mm -hmm. small small town as well, and I know sometimes, you know, um, I mean, I've done most of my stuff remote, so you know, using something like Zoom or some sort of a virtual, um, is is that how you're actually working with most of your patients, or is this something that needs to be in person or Zoom is is the most common way that, that I'm dealing with clients at the time. Uh, I've done it by the telephone. I've done it by zoom with no, with no video. That's, you know, cause they didn't have the internet connection to maintain the video, but they can do the audio only mm -hmm. uh, in person. Pretty much any way. If, if we can talk to each other, we can do hypnosis. Okay. Cause I know, I know that's a question. A lot of times that people have is, well, how do I find a local hypnotherapist? And it's like, well, you don't have to be local, right? I mean, you could literally no. be talking to somebody halfway around the world. Yes. And like you said, as long as you can talk to them, obviously the video is probably easier for the therapist too, because there are signs, folks, when you're going into hypnosis yes. as well, that they're trained to know how deep you're actually in, if the first induction actually worked or how much more deepening that you need to do before you actually start doing the work. Um, but, but that's one of those two where it's like, I love it because I don't have to worry about thinking, right. All I have to do is listen to words, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, sometimes have some imagery and other stuff that I'm doing, but it's for, for the patient themselves, it's a very easy thing to do as well. Yes. Um, most people do not have the opportunity one just to to talk to somebody that's going to just sit there and listen to them and two most people don't have the opportunity to truly relax and let go and that's two of the things that you'll get when you go to hypnotherapy is you'll get the you'll get someone to listen to you I want to listen to people because if I don't listen to them, how do I know what it is they need to, to, to work on? What do they want to change? You know, uh, I'll give you an example. This one guy came, came to me and was like, I'm here because my wife sent me. <laughs> okay. And what do you want to do? Well, my wife tells me I need to quit smoking. <laughs> okay. Let Obviously, me guess, a, a session with that person didn't work, did it? <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, that's not, I can't do anything for you. What do you want to work? I said, what would you like to fix? Well, you know, uh, I would like to have a better golf swing. Okay. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of what we focused on was a better golf swing. But th that's just it. If If I don't listen to the, to the client then you can't help them yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, to me, it's, I've known about this for, for a long time. And, and hopefully again, I mean, everybody that's listening, the fact that you're still listening means, you know, maybe this is something you try out, right? There's lots of, there's lots of other alternatives to just going and popping a pharmaceutical pill for, for a lot of different things, right? I mean, if it's trauma, if there's, you know, some serious stuff, but even, you know, like we were talking about with your brother, even things like cancer can be helped by this. You know, he was, he was doing both, you know, the medical chemo radiation stuff, as well as this, and the combination of the two, you know, went from four months left to live to now he's been around for another five years, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that it's something that you can do in, in combination with other things as well. And it it's been proved, I mean, scientifically proven that during hypnosis, the, you know, certain levels in the body, they, they rise where they're, they're supposed to with, with cancer patients. The levels that need to go down will go down through hypnosis. And our brain does not know the difference between when it's imagining something and what's real. So when you start having your brain focus on these, on what you're wanting with your, with yourself, your brain thinks, well, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. And your brain will start changing it in your body. Um, how many times have, have you ever been so angry at someone you can feel it in your, in your belly? That's, you know, when you get angry like that, you're, it's having an effect on your body and your brain at the same time. So that's how by removing certain feelings or emotions or having your brain see things a different way will fix that and eliminate that. So you're angry, you're holding on to that anger, which who, who wants to feel bad? But you're holding on to that anger, it creates problems in your body. And so the, as a hypnotherapist, we help you release that anger. That anger goes away. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have a, a problem in your stomach anymore. And your brain starts saying, oh, wait, okay, my I don't have stomach problems anymore. And I don't feel depressed anymore. And I don't feel this anymore. I don't. So now your body starts to work better you're going to be you're going to be happier you're just going to live you're going to have a better quality of life Mm -hmm. well and i think that's the that's what everybody you know a lot of the aches and pains a lot of the you know depression anxiety a lot of these different emotions that so many of us are feeling it's it's things that usually can be reprogrammed because it's we're feeling those things because of some experiences we've had in the past um that when we can finally reprogram them then we then we don't have to worry about them you know going forward and like you said it's it's usually a lot quicker a lot higher percentage of people that are actually getting results with it um you know which is another reason why i wanted wanted to have you on today you know just to be able to talk a little bit more about it and and also you know i i i know when when you said something just in case somebody who's listening is like oh come on bill right Mm-hmm. Our brain, you just, you just said that our brain doesn't know the difference between real and imaginary. Are you kidding me? I'm a very smart, educated person. I know the difference, right? Between what's real and what's imaginary. Right. 
okay, then how come when you're watching a sad movie and you start crying, <laughs> why are you crying? Why are you feeling sad? You know the movie's not real, but you're doing it anyway, right? Because again, even though the movie is not real, we're feeling those emotions, we're in that hypnotic state. Yeah. And so to our body and brain, it feels like it's real. Correct. And athletes have been using self-hypnosis forever. <laughs> you know, the the whole they they see themselves making the that catch or hitting the ball or or that perfect swing. They go over and over and over in their minds. That's self-hypnosis. So by, by them visualizing it and seeing it in their mind, that's what the body starts to understand is how it needs to happen. And those high-level athletes, that's how they can perform. That's part of how they can perform the way they do week in and week out is they've trained their mind that this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that's, that's why, again, I mean, it's, it's going over this and over this and over this in our, in our head and kind of reprogramming um, these things really do make a huge difference. And like you said, athletes have been using this for a long time. Now it's just coming to more of the awareness of regular people, right? Yeah. Because, because we can do the same things. We can change how we're performing in our life. Right. I mean, we can use it, like you said, for a lot of different things, golf swing, quit smoking, IBS, you know, lots of different health kind of related things. But a lot of people also use it for kind of a peak performance standpoint, like athletes do. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're running a business, if you're worried about an upcoming board meeting or speech that you have to give. Yeah. The same thing can be used to help you perform at a high level just like those professional athletes do as well. Correct. And it's not uncommon for people to get anxiety over having to stand up and speak in front of a crowd. And hypnosis can help that without a, without a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. Well, and, and, Bill, I, I, I appreciate you, you know, coming on and talking. And I think, I think too, you know, one of the things that we, we mentioned a little bit too, but, but it's, um, you know, it, you were talking about your, your accident before and being told, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you can't do that job anymore, Bill, you know, and a lot of people are, are being told, Jason, you can't do that job anymore because we're firing you. Or we're yeah. getting rid of that, this, whatever it is, right? And mm -hmm. um, just to know that there's lots of other ways to make money. There's lots of other things that we can do with our life. And so maybe we can kind of end here. You know, I mean, you could have, you could have done lots of different things. You know, why did this big burly guy from Wyoming that grew up <laughs> in Texas you know, of all the things you could pick, why did you, why did you choose hypnotherapy as, as how you want to want to help people and, and earn your money now? Well, it boils down to, I want to be, I want to help people and be able to live the lifestyle I, I live. What better way can I reach and help people 
and help people with things that they can't get help with any other way. And I can reach people all over the world. Well, and it's beautiful that we have the technology that we have now, so we can do that, even just like now that we can be recording this, and now that through technology, people literally all over the world will be listening to this, um, you know, even though we're we're recording it somewhere in the cloud on some server in some server farm somewhere, and you're sitting in Wyoming, and mm -hmm. I'm sitting in California, but, you know, somebody anywhere in the world now will be able to listen to this, which to me is just just wonderful too and it like i said it it opens up the ability for things like hypnotherapy that you know 20 years ago it was mainly in person stuff so it was a lot more limited yeah in who, who could have access to it where now it's not yeah it's it's it is wonderful to be able to meet people from all over the world mm -hmm. That was one of the things I enjoyed with my my previous job was being able to travel and meet people from from all walks of life, from all around the world, and I still get to maintain and get to do that with this job. Yeah, it's just fabulous. All right, so any any final final thoughts that uh, you'd like to impart to everybody before we wrap up for the day? <clears throat> Go see a hypnotherapist. A hypnotherapist can help you live the quality of life that you're wanting and that you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And it's try it once or twice. If you don't like it, don't do it again. But chances are, you know, you're going to try it once or twice and you're going to see that it actually does help you because I know it's helped me. It's helped you. It helped your brother, all the people that yeah. you're that you're dealing with. I've got a lot of friends who are hypnotherapists as well. Just find somebody. I mean, obviously, if you want to reach out to Bill, uh, we'll put the the link in the bottom, but um, claprothhypnotherapy.com, right? So we'll we'll yep. make sure and put that down there so you can reach out to him, but reach out to anybody. You know, it, 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 it really doesn't matter. The main thing is that you get help if that's what you'd like, right? Um, because there's there's a lot of a lot of things that we just feel like we're kind of stuck with the rest of our life, but we're not really stuck with anything. We always have a chance every single day to create a new day, create something different. And this is just one of the many tools that we can all use to have a better life. And so, so Bill, thanks. Thanks for coming on today, man. Thank you. I, appreci I appreciate getting to know you better and uh, hearing your story and how you're helping people as well. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.